Hey guys, before we start our podcast this week, we wanted to take a few minutes to thank a few of our sponsors. So first we want to talk about this new breed archery. These guys have really done a great job simplifying a custom bow process. So if you're thinking about getting a new bow, these guys have everything that you want from the camel pattern on the riser to your string color and even your dampeners. Check these guys out, newbreedarchery.com. We'd also like to thank Steerka Optics. We have their S7 series, both in their binoculars and spotting scope that we just recently used down kind of in southwest Michigan doing some spotting over some fields and they work flawlessly. Even in some low light, really clear picture, outstanding warranty. These guys are someone you definitely want to check out, steerkastrong.com. Lastly, we wanted to thank Hill People Gear. Uh, Jared and I have been using their Decker pack so far this year. Turkey hunting, we do some whitetail hunting with it. And Jared, I actually caved and ended up getting the uh, butt pack this year, which I know you made some jokes about, uh, but I'm excited to use it. It'll be perfect for my saddle hunting uh, setup that I've got going on. Allow me to go in pretty light. Um, I can hang it in my tree stand. Uh, I have like access to some things that I might need sitting there. So looking forward to it. Uh, if you guys are looking for any type of pack or some other tactical gear that they sell to, check out hillpeoplegear.com. All right. Well, Brad, thanks for uh, joining us today. Are you calling from Iowa right now? I am. Yep. I'm in, back home in Iowa. You've been there for a couple of years or are you kind of new, new to the area? Yeah, I uh, moved to Iowa last August. So I've been here about a year and a half. To get a tag or uh, in Iowa, what's the like required residency requirement? Because I, I think there's got to be one, right? Yes. Basically, you have to be a resident for 90 days. So when I moved in August, I started my residency process and didn't get residency until it was like the end of November. So okay. it was awesome. I actually bought my tag last year and killed a buck like in the same week because oh, it wow. was I was like pressing. I was like, oh, I'm going to get it in November. But yeah, you have, to, you have to be a resident for 90 days. I feel like actually I knew the answer to that question. I really did it for the audience because I had, <laughs> knowing that I was going to talk to you, realized that you, this hunt that you had residency for in the end, in mid or end of November in Iowa was actually on Midwest Whitetail, right? It was, yep. I worked for Midwest last year, so I was fortunate enough to get all of that on film last year for them. And then it was also on Realtree's Monster Bucks, the newest newest edition there. So it's, uh, it's been around. Yeah, it was it was a really cool hunt. How did you get hooked up with uh, Winky and those guys at Midwest Whitetail? So last summer on their pro staff and came out to summer meetings with them. And, and then after that, they basically approached me and, and said, you know, would you like a job as a producer? And yep kind of get get a foot in the door in the industry and so that's what i did so i packed up and moved to iowa uh, that's not a bad where'd you come from indiana yeah, yeah, born, not too f- born and raised in indiana not too far away from me and we and jared are here in, in west michigan what what part of indiana are you from just south of fort wayne okay of wabash okay yeah yeah in high school my job one of my jobs was to drive a truck of flowers down to different green or from our greenhouse that i worked in in high school and i take it down to home depots all around <laughs> the chicago and i've Indiana. been on a few trips on yeah those are fun yeah those were fun uh, i don't know how we were allowed to do that but we would take it down down even to indianapolis and stuff so we drove all around the state so i've got some familiarity with that area and i've got family in indiana i think half of my family is down there yeah good place there's a lot of good deer hunting down there too right there's a uh, more a lot more timber down there yep down by kentucky it gets hilly so I would say the best hunting in Indiana is probably in the southern region. Yeah, I know we, we've talked about even going down and doing some hunting in, in like, Kentucky. I'm mm-hmm. known for giant giant bucks down there, too. And I think tag prices are pretty reasonable. Non-res? 
non-resident. Yeah, 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 I think they're pretty reasonable down there for like the quality of deer hunting that it has. And I feel like it doesn't get as much attention as it, it probably should. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you. So you, you moved out to Iowa last year. Your background is what? Like, where do you come from? Are you a, in production or media or, you know, like what's your qualification for getting into the industry? I really don't have a background in, in anything that I do. I, I went to school right out of high school for commercial art design. Say this, but they put a semester of school right in the middle of deer season. So right. I didn't attend class much. <laughs> but, <laughs> that sounds um, about right. <laughs> yeah. Actually ended up quitting school and I got a job for the Indiana State Highway Department of Transportation. Yeah. Actually drove truck for them. I was a heavy equipment operator there. So nothing really to do with what I do now, but I've always just had a passion for it and right. used to do it on the side. And then it just kind of comes natural. So when I got the opportunity with Midwest, I jumped on it and that led to bigger thing so i'm thankful to be where i am so you're in charge of yeah actually before we go on why don't you introduce yourself and, and what mm-hmm. you do right now we've been <laughs> kind of catching your background but why don't you tell everybody listening you know who you are and and what you do right now right right now i'm the director of marketing for lone wolf tree stands but i also do a lot of work for a lot of other companies one of them being uh rack hub i work for Hunter maps a little bit I kind of have a lot of irons in the fire but right it's all creative work. It's all branding work. Like I said, that's kind of my passion, the design side of it. So I got I got my hands in, in a lot right now, but I love it. Now you're, so you're an artistic kind of guy. Yeah, you can say that. Do you draw? I do. Do yeah. you really? Now do you like keep it, like when you're out hunting, do you like do a nature journal or anything like that? Or you just draw, what, what kind of things are you drawing? I used to draw a lot more when I was in high school and, and afterwards. I don't have time to sit down and do it now, although I really do like doing it. I have a passion for doing it, but yeah. I don't find the time to do it anymore. I'll do it for clients if they if somebody wants wants a piece done, I I can do it for them. But I don't I don't really sit down and just do it um, anymore just because of all the other work that I'm involved in. That's right. Yeah. So you, so you've got a you've got a creative background. You decided not working for the Department of Transportation, did you say, or Highway? <laughs> I'm going to go yeah. work for hunting. You've been always yeah. passionate about hunting. I'm, I'm assuming are you fa- hunting background, family into it, that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pretty stereotypical. I, my dad taught me how to hunt. My grandpa hunted before him. Always been an outdoor family, so always had a passion for hunting. So I'm fortunate to find, to combine my talents and my passion into one and uh, make a living out of it. Yeah, that's, that's a sweet thing. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's cool that you just took the, the jump in. Are you, how old are you? You don't have a family or anything that you're worried about. You can just, you've got a little more freedom. Yep. I just turned 24 on October 1st. So I think you just set the record as this is our youngest so. guest. Yep. And you said October, nice. October 1st. Yep. That's so, a good that's, day that's for a great birthday. Day. That's our, op- yeah. that's our opening day yep. of uh, archery season. Yep. That's a lot of states opening yep. day. So I was born on opening day of archery season. That is, I feel like the stars <laughs> aligned when you were born. Although I feel like your dad planned poorly. I think he played yeah. great. Oh, no, no. Are you? Well, that. I guess you can always be like, I'm taking the boy out hunting. Birthdays? <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is ask for hunting stuff. I know. That's what I, my yeah. thing for birthdays and Christmas, anybody that is buying me presents, I tell them if, if it doesn't have to, anything to do with hunting, I send it back. Mm-hmm. You not let, you know, you lock <laughs> that in and they, you know what I get for every time? Hunting stuff or gift cards, or they which get a, I like. They give you a double take like, are you serious? Yeah, they look at me like, I don't know if you're serious or not, and I'm dead. <laughs> serious is a heart attack. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you're born October 1. You were meant to be in the hunting industry. You've been working at <laughs> Lone Wolf. We'll focus on that for a minute. Tell us a little bit about Lone Wolf because, you know, growing up, I kind of remember R- Lone Wolf kind of coming out as like, all of a sudden this like way far and beyond other companies in terms of lightweight mobile. And this was back in the early two thousands, I think, or mid two thousands. What's the thing like lone wolf's thing that kind of separates it from, from other companies. So I would say, and I, 
I think everybody would agree there. The, the quality of the product is what sets it apart from everybody else. Obviously, it's where it's cast aluminum, so it's it's going to be light. So we're we're geared toward hanging hunting and that mobile hunter. But just the quality of the product itself and the people behind it. It's an American-made product. It's safe to say that's what sets us apart. Mm-hmm. Right now, are you guys? How, how long have you guys been around? We've been around for. Uh, why since the 80s i don't exactly know the established date but the new owners took over in 2006 i believe okay so they've been with the new owners since then now the guys that started it they got back into tree stands right yeah that's uh i could talk about that for hours but um (laughs) they started a company called lone wolf custom gear and so we are lone wolf portable tree stands is two separate companies but yeah lone wolf custom gear is the the old owners so they must have waited for their uh, non-compete clause to, to run and, and decided to to go back into the <laughs> yeah. gig. They were with XLP right. for a while too, right? Yep, I believe so. Okay. Yeah, that's the, the PG way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, there seemed to be a little bit of, uh, it seemed to be a little interesting situation there. So it, it is. So you guys are lightweight. I mean, very high quality. Everybody knows of, of Lone Wolf as being like this high quality brand. Are you guys focused more on climbing, on climber stands or on hang on or stick? or like what's your what's your focus or is it just kind of tree stands more more broadly um it's really just tree stands in general Um, we obviously try pushing and sell more of the hang on stands Mm -hmm. right our alpha and our assault are our top sellers but for those guys that like climbing stands we have a variety of those too i think the reason we sell the hang on stands you you can be a lot more mobile with those if it makes sense you don't need you don't need that straight tree with no limbs to, to use a climber on so you can be a lot more mobile and a lot you have a lot more options when it comes to trees, I would say those two are our best sellers. But yeah, we have climbers and our sticks are top of the line too. Well, and Jared and I were, for a while, we're like, we're going mobile. We're getting mm-hmm. climbers, you know, we're going to be able to go anywhere. Yeah. And w- which you can do a ton mm-hmm. with a climber. Oh, yeah. But you're right with the hang on. I mean, especially with you know, the self-leveling stuff you guys do uh, and the sticks that can you can wrap around trees and whatever else, like at a different angles. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yep. can pretty much get into any tree. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I would say that 90% of the trees that I'm hanging in are not suitable for a climber. Like they just have, obviously hunting Iowa, you know, you have cedar trees and pin oaks and stuff with a lot of limbs. So sometimes that's your only option. And that's where a hang on, a really light hang on comes into play. And you were, I think in the the Midwest whitetail video I saw, you guys were in kind of a funny hang too, where it wasn't like the most straightforward tree that you were in for that hunt. Yeah, we didn't find many straight trees. We we were in a lot more... (laughs) unconventional trees than conventional but it was uh it makes it fun i feel like bill when he was like introducing the hunt he was like i, I would never go on a tree like that or, or something like for how you guys were hanging up yeah. there everything about that hunt man was just like i can't believe this happened like everything was so again unconventional but that's what made it great yeah it's snort i think you guys the snort wheeze brought him in and that was sweet yeah mm-hmm. he yeah i mean we had a it was almost a 45 minute encounter and it was november 30th so it was the day that the season went out it was the last day shotgun comes in december 1st right so we just decided we're gonna throw everything we can this year i mean yep. we have nothing to lose we literally say that in the video yeah and eventually he just had enough and was like i gotta go i gotta go check this out so now, it was just fun to see how he reacted and kind of the limits that you can push yeah and, and i mean you put him down it worked out it like worked great it looked like, you know, yeah. you had it all planned out the whole time. Right. Doesn't everybody? That's right. Sure. Isn't, that, isn't that how you <laughs> yeah. expect it to go? Yeah. Before we move on, I wanted to take a minute to thank one of our show sponsors, Pelican Coolers. These coolers are extremely tough and backed by a lifetime warranty. But what I like most about our coolers is that as tough as they are, they can be opened with the push of a button. So 
It'll keep the bears out, but you won't have any trouble getting in. And it gets even better. Right now, if you type in pelicancoolers.com slash hotboga, you'll get a free tumbler with the purchase of any cooler. And we all use the uh, 32-ounce tumbler, and it does an amazing job at keeping hot drinks hot for a very long time and cold drinks cold for a very long time. I'm going to do something maybe a bit unusual or something that I haven't done yet, but I'm going to throw out a James D. Guarantee, which is something I don't just toss around willy-nilly. I'm going to James D. Guarantee that if you buy one of these coolers, you'll have the best cooler experience you've ever had, and you'll be changed as a person for the better. Your life will be totally different from here on out. So don't take my word for it. Go check them out for yourself, pelicancoolers.com slash hotboga. And now, back to our show. So you know you were in a hang on. Are you more of a hang on guy? Are you a climber guy? What's your what's your go to set for like you don't uh, exactly know where you're going? Maybe you're on public land. Like what what are you yeah, gonna grab? So I'm gonna grab my assault hang on and my sticks mm-hmm. and my assault hunt ready system. I just I like the assault. It's a little bit lighter and it's got a smaller back where where it'll fit into the tree, so you can get into even more trees. It feels like right. But yeah, I'm definitely a hang on guy. I'm I can get in some crazy trees with those. Now now the thing that like the the kind of the latest craze and i'm sure you've seen it are these hunting saddles right tree right. saddles tree saddles everybody is and about them jared and i uh you use one too are you guys looking at tree saddles do you use a tree saddle or are you guys looking at like accessories maybe like a platform or anything like that is that anything on, or are you not even allowed to say it's not i'm not allowed to say it's not really in our wheelhouse right now yeah. um that's not to say down the road that once the company grows that that's something we look into, but right now we're just tree stands and tree stand accessories. Yeah, gotcha. absolutely. Now, when you're up there, you got what? What? What are you uh, doing for a safety harness? Are you like doing the safety line, or what do you use uh, when you're out there? As I'm hanging, I'll use a lineman's belt. Yep. Obviously, and then I'm just tied in to a safety harness as I get to the top. But we use hunter safety systems, so yep. that's what I've been using. Mm-hmm. I gotta ask, you know, one of the ways that we kind of got in touch was we followed you on a fairly early season hunt that you did where you were quite <laughs> successful. You want to run yeah. us through that hunt? I wouldn't say quite successful, but yeah. I mean, yeah, man, that was you got a uh, giant buck down. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's quite it's, successful. It's it'll go down as a hunt of a lifetime. Obviously, it's a buck of a lifetime. Yeah. So we got connected. I have connections in Nebraska through an outfitter, and we went out there gobble and grunt outfitting. Uh, Chris Colfack, I'll give him a shout because it's you guys saw he's got so many big bucks out Holy there. Cow. Like his region is just so underrated. So we went out and what's great is they open in September first. So I'm probably the biggest whitetail guy you ever talked to. So everybody's thinking about elk and everybody's right. kinda gearing up for this October lull and I'm like, I wanna jump on some velvet whitetail. Yeah. So the opportunity kind of arise that we could go out and hunt opening day, which is September first. So I brought my buddy Austin Thomas with. He was along to film and get content for us. And yeah, I mean, we got it done. It, it took all of three days, basically, to get out and scout and wow. um, get on this this giant. But it, it was literally textbook, like how you would expect it to go, it went, which I know will never happen again. So I'm like, in total awe that everything went so perfectly. And I, like I said, I know that it'll probably never happen again. But yeah, looking back, I mean, it was a it was a hell of a hunt. When was this a more? Uh, that looks like an evening hunt. I'm looking at pictures on your Instagram right now. Was it evening? Yeah, it was evenings. We only hunted evenings, obviously. But the great thing about being September is the bucks were pretty patternable. You know, we went out the evening before September 1st and scouted this hay field. Obviously, they were all out there on the green hay in the evenings. So what sucks about Nebraska is there's not many trees you can hang in and it kind of added a different aspect to the hunt because all these trees were just 
little cedar trees that there's like no way we're getting in because mm-hmm. they're just too small. Right. We had kind of both sides of the spectrum. The one night we sat in this huge oak tree that we had to use double straps to get in. And we were like 10 foot off the ground because we couldn't get higher because the tree was so big. But we knew that it was going to be an observation set anyway, because we weren't quite sure where these bucks were coming out into the field. Right. Just me as a hunter, I wanted to get the bucks more concentrated. Right. So Obviously, when they're in the hay field, they just spread and they're, they're really hard to kill. That first night, we sat in that huge oak tree just to observe kind of where they were coming out. And then the second night, we had an idea. And honestly, there was one tree that we were like, that's the one we have to sit in. So the next night, we moved to that tree, uh, got in super quiet, and ultimately got it done. Like I said, it was, they were super patternable. But one interesting thing about that buck was we actually saw him probably half a mile up to the south the day before opening day we saw him again scouting just from the road obviously we want to get on that deer but the wind wasn't right for that that side of the road so with the observation set i was like well you know he may have came across the road last night he could he could still be over there let's just go sit and see and Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure enough, he was probably half a mile more to the north and uh, got it done. <laughs> yeah. No. So when, when you're when you're doing these early season hunts, especially, I mean, in Nebraska, that's like beginning of September, which is way earlier than what you're we're used to. What's your strategy for finding them and for like you, you mentioned they're pretty patternable. Like how are, how are you interacting with the pattern that they're they're doing every day? I mean, it's I don't want to say it's easy, but in the evenings, they're going to be in food like they're, yeah. they're still in their summer patterns. So we all know how white tails move in the summer, like green food in the in the evening. You're probably not going to jump on them in the morning just because they'll probably beat you to their beds. Our strategy was just scout the evenings and try and move in because if they do what they it was kind of like if they do what they did last night, like we just kind of kept saying that. So that's kind of the mentality you have to go in. It's like, well, if they do what they did last night, we should be good. Right. And mm-hmm. again, being that early and that patternable, it just, it worked out. Now you got, you're going to go back, right? You're going back to a Nevada, uh, Nebraska <laughs> yeah. doing that again. Yeah, absolutely. I think next year Austin's going to be behind the bow and we're going to switch, but yeah, man, it's, it's like Jurassic Park out there. Right. <laughs> how many points, because this is a debate I had, we've been having, how many points is your, was your buck, is your buck? How would you, uh, well, how many points? First of all, we'll stop there. How many points? He was, I'd call him 13. He had, he was a mainframe 12 with a kicker off his left G2. So I'd call him 13. And you're counting every little point, right? Yeah, we usually do an inch. Okay, inch, an that's inch your criteria. Scoreable. Yeah, if it's if it's an inch, it's considered scoreable. So that's yeah. kind of what we do. Ours was, because in Michigan, we're not known for a giant, big giant bucks. And so <laughs> right. uh, we're counting anything that could remotely. If you can hang a ring off of it. If you can hang a ring off of it. Yeah, that's what, we heard that in Indiana. That's kind of what we went by, like if you can hang a ring on it. But he's got junk around his bases that you can hang rings on that I don't want to. I don't want to count because that's mm. in my book. I, that's I'm just getting arrogant at that point. Thirteenth, so <laughs> we'll fine. We'll right, we'll we'll count an inch. Right, yeah, that that was incredible. I mean, it was incredible hunt. Was it hot? It looked pr- like pretty warm, but uh, not too terribly hot. No, dude, it was hot. It was nineties. <laughs> it was. I mean, we were changing clothes. Like we'd go in and hang. Obviously, when you're hanging hunting, you're gonna sweat. So, right. Like I would wear in a t-shirt, sweat at, sweat it out, and then take it off and put on my hunting stuff to try and control scent that was the other issue with those hunts was there's no controlling scent it's so hot you're you're going to sweat just sitting there so you really had to watch your wind because there was no scent control at all are you typically a pretty big scent control guy oh a little bit to a point i yeah to a point sometimes if your wind is marginal i'm gonna try and do it but then i have other days where i'm like just hunt your wind right. when it comes down to it if you're hunting the wrong wind you're probably going to get busted try and minimize it much we can yeah it's funny we've had guys on that are 
that range from some guys no like pay no attention to scent Mm -hmm. like they're just playing the wind we've had guys that are shaving their bodies and you know using scent control like everything and we've kind of dabbled with everything jared you just did what carbon yes i I use a little carbon powder that you just dunk all your camo in and then dry it and it's supposed to just embed in your clothing and act kind of like a like a scent lock it's probably all hogwash, but the thing is, I'm, I'll give it a try. If there's a chance that I could make everything work, I'll yeah. give it, well, I'll you, give it a Well, it shot. worked for you already this year, man. You were, you're on the board. I'm on the board, yeah. I just shot a decent eight point on Friday, which would have been October nice. 4th, yeah. Uh, is that your earliest, bo- and we're going to do a podcast about that hunt later, but is that your earliest kill? Yeah. Uh, it's actually my first Michigan buck since 2003. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I, I was gone all through the service. Right. Not hunting any. You were in Virginia. Yeah. Okinawa, Japan, Virginia, which there were some good bucks over there on the base, which yeah. was really fun to hunt because they're just completely clueless. Right. But yeah, I got it done Friday morning, which was very exciting. You schwacked him. Yeah, I did. He did not <laughs> go far. <laughs> Awesome. How many bucks can you kill in Michigan? Is this the one? Uh, you get one buck, and then your second buck is restricted, so it has to have four points on one side. I see. So yeah. you're not you're not technically done, then. You got you could still kill. Yeah, I, I can still shoot a restricted buck, or I can still shoot a doe with my restricted tag and during archery. Season. And we can get separate, more additional doe tags. Yeah, I feel like pretty easily. So I've got right. me. That's how Indiana was. Yep. Well, it's because we, you know, we've got. I mean, we're slowly more Michigan's becoming an APR unit mm-hmm. state. So uh, if for anybody listening, APR is antler point restriction. So it started like the northwest corner of Michigan, and yep. it just worked up in like Lake County. Starting and, to work its way down, and yeah, because those areas it's in were Ionia just, now. Yeah, Kent, not Kent, not Costa. Kent. Yep, those areas were just decimated, and you could. Some people saying they'd they'd go a whole year without ever seeing a buck larger than a spike. You know, I can believe it. Yeah. We've we've done that. We yeah. were we're not too far south from there in Big Rapids, and we mm-hmm. would you would not see a lot of bucks. We'd go whole weekends without seeing a you know a, you know sometimes what though? even a single deer. It's starting to pay off. Like up even in Big Rapids, some of the guys that are have been up hunting there have been seeing a lot of bucks mm-hmm. up there, like ten points. One guy said he saw one that looked like a big eight, but it only had one antlers, and it, so it, he let it walk on by. He's like, I had a shot at it. And then he said it turned, and the other antler had, like, grown down below its chin. Cool. It had, like, bubbly stuff kind of where the base of the mm-hmm. antler was. He's like, something. He's like, I would have shot it had I known. That would have been it neat. Was all jacked up, but all right by the cottage, Jared. It's, oh, really? Yeah, all that public land. It's it's turning back good again. Sweet. Uh, hopefully, they just, Im- they think this year was the first year for, for Macosta that mm-hmm. is yes. uh, APR2. Yep. So let's hope. That pays off because that would be uh, that that makes a huge difference. It, it worked really well for like places like Wisconsin, which it's a little different than APR, mm-hmm. but it those kind of restrictions I think usually uh, are, make a huge difference. And obviously right. the goal is just to have Iowa esque. You, know, you know that's the land. That's the goal. That's what I was gonna say. Michigan sounds a lot like Indiana with age structure and kind of the bucks you see. I moved out here last year and I was like, I'm not, I'm in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but well, I just had places. a guy on message me on Instagram and say, man, I'm really missing Michigan hunting this year. And I said, oh, how come you're missing it? He's like, oh, I'm in college. I was like, oh, where are you, where are you, what uh, state are you in college? He goes, oh, Iowa. I said, you're missing, <laughs> you're missing Michigan hunting and you're in Iowa? He goes, yeah, he's I not, know. Not hunting the right part of Iowa. I don't yeah, think he's fine. Because so. there's good, even public land in Iowa. I mean, it's just oh, decent yeah. all the way around. Yep. 
Absolutely. That's I'm gonna jump on some public land this weekend, hopefully. Oh nice. What's your uh what's your game plan for the weekend? I'm gonna try and get in a tree tomorrow and hopefully the day after to try and get on maybe a deer for the weekend. We're obviously we're supposed to have like a twenty degree drop in temperature. So um, yep. I'm gonna find a find a public piece and try and uh I haven't scouted any this year, so I'm gonna try and get out these next couple of days, scout a little bit and hopefully get on a buck this weekend. Now working at a place like Lone Wolf, are they pretty lax with the like hey you go you, it's okay it's hunting, you go hunting season i'm not coming to work okay are they good with that how does that work i, I would feel yeah. like that's how it goes yeah absolutely i mean everybody has work to do i'm including me i mean just today i was in the office and in my home office always getting stuff done but the great thing about lone wolf is we're such a small company and everybody's a deer hunter so we're kind of all in agreement that you get your work done it's time to go hunting it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Are you able to do work from the stand at all? If I can, if I have cell service, I can work from anywhere that has cell service or Wi-Fi. It seems like I'm always on the phone, but it also seems like October, November, the hunting industry kind of just shuts off. So that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is things slowed. I wish my uh, my job slowed down. I feel like it picks up in the fall, <laughs> which is a bummer because when you're in sales, you kind of need to you rely on that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. When we were out grabbing Jared's buck out of the swamp, he calls me. He's like, hey, it's, it was Friday. He's like, hey, you want to help me drag this out? I'm like, yep. Yes, sir. But I had to bring my laptop into the swamp. It's true. And while you're sitting there, you're cutting it up. I'm on my laptop. Here's a little story for you, Jared. I didn't tell you this. We're cut. I helped him cut it up, and I had to jump on my laptop to do something for work, throw it back in my backpack, whatever. I got to work on Monday, and I'm telling somebody this story, and I'm holding my laptop. We're kind of going to, like, the first Monday morning meeting we do every week, kind of project management. Sure. And uh, I've got my laptop, and I'm kind of, like, animated telling the story about a buck, and I'm waving my laptop around it. And I didn't know. I had so much deer blood on the mm-hmm. bottom of my laptop. <laughs> and I'm talking to this woman who does not hunt, and she looked at me like – she did not think it was funny or amusing. I'm like, well, I guess we spend our time very differently. Yes. Mine is just <laughs> full of deer blood, but – Yeah, because you had just – you had cut up one, cut off one of the back straps, and then you're like, "Oh, I got to do something." Yeah, and then you opened up your backpack, pulled out your laptop, and started typing away. I'm yeah. like, "Bold, that's a bold yeah. move." It's you know how like fat congeals oh, in yeah. your hands. It was like a little bit on the keyboard. That's fine. You know, your fingers won't slip that way. The thing is, on Monday you're always kind of bummed about being in the office, and now I'm like, oh, "This is nice. I got some some yeah. beer fat and blood on my laptop. I'm reminisce. I'm remi- reminiscing." <laughs> uh, so you got big plans this week, Jared? Do you want to come? hunting with me saturday night you got any plans i got a spot for us um, i'm sure we can talk about later but i mean i'm always down for hunting i i know i i got a spot where i've been kind of just keying in on i had some trail camera pictures of a couple bucks hunted there what was it the third Mm -hmm. and i saw like a little like a a six point and a doe both just right below me but i was i'm holding out for that big boy there's a couple big boys in there but i need help spread out so mark your calendar tell the kids Okay. You're busy. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> so, Brad, you've got big plans for Iowa this year. It sounds like you're, you're going to be working some state land or public land. Are you going out of state yep. again, or are you tapped out after the Nebraska trip? I'll go out of state for some content trips, but I don't. I won't be hunting those states. Actually, I guess I'm wrong. I am going to hunt Illinois late season. What part? Uh, Pike County down by Pittsfield. Oh, yeah. Yep, been down there. That's where all the yep, big so bucks got, are. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've got buddies that outfit down there. So, end of the year, they kind of let their friends come in and see what they can do. So, I'm going to hunt that late season and just be super relaxed. Kind of end of the year thing. It's almost like an annual thing for us. But, no, other than that, I 
I'll probably go out of state for some content trips, but I'm done. The pressure's off now. That feels good. So those content trips, are you uh, filming? Are you just organizing shoots, or what are, you, what are you doing? Yeah, all the above. A lot of filming, a lot of photography for Lone Wolf, as well as some other companies I'm in bed with. So right. it's just nice to everybody be together and get content for all these different brands. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So when you're uh, – do you are you exclusively whitetail, or do you spend some time hunting other things? I, obviously not this year, but is that is that something? you do no i'm basically exclusively white so I'd, I'd love to be out west i think i have a trip out west next year to get on some elk yep i'm a i'm a white tailor i don't i don't really think about anything else <laughs> no i i get that you know i feel like a lot of the the white tail guys we talk to are like i mean you just get die hard obviously they yeah. probably i'm sure you guys do like turkey hunting and stuff but it's just white tail or, or bust when you go out west for elk though are you gonna bring your uh, lone wolf stand out there i've seen a couple of guys do a little stand hunting for elk yeah i probably will actually are our, our president Frank Lovish just killed a really nice bull out of a lone wolf just a couple weeks ago. Well, it was in September, but yeah, I, I probably will for both content and jumping on some elk out there. Yeah, hunt, I'm guessing like hunting watering holes or mm. yep, watering holes. Just basically hunting like whitetail. I mean, right. I think you can if you get them patterned down to a trail or a watering hole, you can like I said, just get in a tree and hunt them like whitetail. That's what we we had. Matt, remember Matt McDade, Jared? Mm-hmm. He, that's how he got it. He got a pretty good bull in, in Colorado, just a general unit tag. He said, though, he, he, I mean, it was a couple days of just sitting out there all day. But he's like, you see a lot of stuff. Like, he's like, bears yep. and deer and elk and stuff. He said it was, it was a pretty cool way to do it. Not a lot of people, or at least not anything you see, like, on Instagram or TV. Everybody's, like, walking around and blowing bugles. Right. Um, it's, it's not the fun way to do it, but it gets the job done. <laughs> whatever gets the job done. Absolutely. That's right. So, Brad, I, I appreciate you coming on. Great to talk to you. you yeah, I appreciate where, you having me. Where can people find out information about you or follow you on Instagram and, and more about Lone Wolf? I don't know who'd want to know more about me, but I'm just uh, <laughs> Brad Beaver on Instagram. It's like my name. I mean, if you want to find out more about Lone Wolf, you can find us on Instagram as well. And our website, uh, lonewolfhuntingproducts.com. Obviously, all of our products are on there, but... Uh, yeah, just follow along. We have some big things coming, hopefully in the next next year or so. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah, we'll awesome. be looking out. Thanks a lot for coming on again, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Everybody, thanks again for taking a listen to this episode. Head on over to our Instagram page to stay up to date on everything that we're doing. If you're feeling squirrely, go smash that subscribe button on wherever you're listening to this podcast. We and, appreciate it. And tell your friends that we are Hot Hot Boga. Boga. Hot Boga Hunting.com.